How can you achieve and maintain business growth? Harvard Business School Executive Education is now accepting applications for a new program, Driving Profitable Growth. Taking place in Boston from October 25th through the 28th, this program focuses on business expansion and organizational growth strategies that can lead your company into the future. Learn more about this three-day program for senior leaders by visiting hbs.me growth. That's hbs.me growth. Welcome to Postcast as the Utah Jazz defeat the Orlando Magic by the final score of 114-107. This is Locked On Jazz, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Ron and I bring this to you after every single jazz game. It is your radio team's post-game show. So if you happen to watch it on TV, miss the game, need some chance to find out what really happened, make sure you click on the postcast and catch it here. You can subscribe on Locked On Jazz on any of your pod pieces and get it for you. All right, the Jazz win this one, 114-107. They allow 65 points in the first half. They fall behind by nine in the third quarter, and then they finally go on a dominating 13-0 run to close. There's nothing pretty about it. You'd like to do it otherwise, but really these these late-game dominating runs are the signs of what really good basketball teams do. It it really helps when you can close a basketball game, and and, and to to be honest with you, David, I I didn't fear of losing this game. Uh, I was getting a little worried, you know, but you just feel like, you know, we we have a pretty good team now, and, and uh, we're going to close it, close it and win it. So, And, and, and I'm glad we did because it, this is a ball game you just can't afford to lose. This is a, a team you can't afford to lose to. No, the Jazz have been very good about this. They're 19-4 and four now against teams that are below 500. But there is, here's my concern, Ron, there is a script here that is reappearing that is difficult for the Jazz, and that is if somebody has a shooting five and a penetrating point guard, we are having a hard time with it because uh, Boston did that to us. Uh, Nikolai Vukovic plays on the outside predominantly, didn't really challenge Rudy a lot at the rim, had a much better approach to Rudy than he did last time when they went 2-for-12 against him. And then Alfred Payton came out incredibly aggressive. I think the Jazz were probably passive, but that script seems to be a problem for Utah. Well, it's hopefully they can solve that problem. We've seen it time and time again where, where, as you just mentioned, where the point guard, penetrating point guard causes tremendous amount of problems. And then the guards that apply so much pressure defensively has caused the Jazz some problems. So hopefully that will be something that will be something that I would be very concerned with come playoff time if you end up playing a team that, uh, that does just those things you were talking about. I don't know who that team, luckily, of the teams we're most likely to face in the Western Conference right now, they don't actually exist. Memphis is the closest, and Mike Conley's not really a penetrating point guard. Clint Capella doesn't bring your big out. Steven Adams doesn't bring your big out. So we might be able to dodge it uh, at least for a little while. But it's, it's something to keep an eye on as the second half of the season goes. The other one that's a more positive approach to this one, and I, I'll be interested to see if I can pull up the numbers, I felt like we made the extra pass a lot tonight where we have begun to gain a confidence in teammates that if they keep the possession rolling, maybe their shots, you know, Quinn talks a lot about good to great, quoting the Jim Collins book, that they, they had good shots they passed up and got great ones later in possessions tonight. Well, moving the basketball is always going to be something I think that the Jazz are are getting better at. The better they get at it, the, the, the uh, especially from the three-point line, that's what's going to carry this basketball team. We saw Gordon 
go baseline, I mean, driving toward the basket, going toward the baseline, sideline, I mean, yeah, and kick the basketball to Derek Favors, which he probably shouldn't have. But that just shows that the trust now that they're showing, you know, in, in players out there on the floor. Uh, Trey Lyles, I think, has probably been the one that's most noticeable because for a long period of time he was really settling for the three-point shot. Now he's pump faking and putting the ball on the floor a little bit and trying to get within, uh, you know, some shooting range. But uh, you're absolutely right. The ball movement is going to carry this basketball team. There are a few plays tonight that jump out, three of them in particular, so I'm going to run through the three of them. One of them happened early. It was Alec Burks grabbing a rebound, going coast-to-coast, drawing the contact, and going to the line for two. Alec tonight looked much closer to Alec Burks than we've seen. He he really he, he had a nice night, and uh, it's important that he gets going. At 15 minutes, he was three for five. He had six rebounds. Now, he is a rebounding guard. And when he gets the rebound, what do you see? He takes off. So you got to run with him. Otherwise, he might go one on four, you know. But the, the yeah, fact we is, once he crossed midcourt, uh, it was probably about 21 seconds left on the clock, which means now that you have plenty of time to get into your offense. And, and maybe you can make those two or three extra passes that you were just talking about so the Jazz can get a good shot. But it was good to see him uh, get out there and play a pretty good basketball game. Uh, the Jazz are going to need him. And, and he's one of those players, David, that I feel could, that can make an impact just like he did tonight in, with, in, in short minutes, 15 minutes, 20 minutes, you know, that type of thing. The second one was late in the game, Gordon Hayward penetrated, gave it off to Derek Favors, who was kind of sitting out at that spot. He's kind of gotten used to about 16 feet out, maybe 15 feet out on the left side. He was pretty far away from the basket when he caught the ball, and he just exploded to the rim, rose up high above the tin, uh, got hit by Ibaka, who looked like a fly on a windshield at that point, and packed it. And it's the most explosive play we have seen from Derek Favors all season. And even Derek, I thought most interestingly on after the game, said, I don't mean to be selfish, but that was good for me. It led me to believe that he didn't know he could do that. Yeah, absolutely. And that's exactly what we read out of as well, because we hadn't seen it all season long. And, I'm, and, and I need to see a replay there, because I think, as you mentioned, he was about 16 feet away, but it looked like only one dribble exploded to the basket. And I'd like to see that replay again, just to see how how he was up in the air and how and, and if it was one dribble, that was very, very explosive. And then the final one is late in the game, Rodney Hood had a three-on-one break. He was leading it. He had guys on each side. Ironically enough, he probably could have just given it up. Instead, he took it at Jody Meeks. He put his right foot down on Meeks's foot and his knee hyperextended. He went down in agony. I think Rick Miller, our engineer, had to turn down the sound mics because Rodney was uh, hollering at such kind of an uncomfortable level. He didn't want the fans to hear it. It was, it was really awful. The initial as we record this is that it's a hyperextended knee. Now there's got to be MRIs and there's got to be all sorts of other stuff but if it's a hyperextended knee and it could be much longer than this, Nicholas Batum just had a hyperextended knee and missed two games and J.R. Smith had a hyperextended knee last year and missed one but it sure felt like that was a season-ending career-threatening injury. Yeah, it looked like and in the way he was screaming, I mean that would tell you okay, maybe ACL, MCL or something like that but uh, again, if it's if it's hyperextended, I mean that's tr- treatment, that's therapy, that's uh, 24-hour treatment. It's it, when I say 24 hours, that means that the trainers are, are working on him uh, three or four times a day. You know, trying to uh, help him recover as fast as possible. And Tony Jones has just tweeted out that Alec Burke says he saw Rodney Hood walk. Now, that I'm not sure what that really means, frankly. If uh, 
Uh, I don't, I'm not about to play a doctor, but let's be clear that um, that they they're going to continue to evaluate it. And I've been with plenty of people who blew up their knee who walked uh, that day. Um, so, you know, really, as, as ironic as this is, I think what you really hope for is that it really swells. Because yeah. the non-swelling means that you've torn a ligament and you want to see this terrible swelling and he's going to miss like a week and that's that's what you're looking for a little bit but that let's hope that's good news um it it did seem it did seem pretty awful and and we feel a little uh uh cursed by it. jazz have won three in a row they've won four or five and they're in this stretch uh, we head to the road for two they're gonna have to play better than they did tonight to keep this up but they pulled it off late great offense and they now move to uh i think 11 and one in games in which george hill gordon hayward and rudy gobert all play That is Postcast. Have a good night. Be safe.